<laughs> I had to think about who he was talking about. I'm like, I want to meet this dude here. And so I'm excited about being here. I'm uh, excited, David, that you would have a little old short round guy from Indiana stop by your way. And, uh, but it's been an excellent season. I, I appreciate you talking about uh, taking care of our physical bodies. And I, that was my mission this year. So earlier this year, I was 250 pounds. I'm now down to 205. Wow. So, so God, God has been doing an amazing work, and it, and it definitely helped my energy level. <laughs> so, but uh, I won't be no 45 minutes to David, <laughs> Pastor Marcus. Uh, 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 but yes, um, it's a profound thing, and I think uh, David, uh, it was a David that introduced David. us, David Outing. And uh, so I was wondering, I kept saying, how did they hear about this dude over in the hood in Holden Heights? You know, that's where our church is located, but somehow, some way, God worked it out, and I believe God does all things well. Y'all believe that? Amen. And so, uh, teach, he said, well, you need to be here by 6.30. I said, well, I won't be there by 6.30, because every, every morning, for the, today was day 1,057 for me. Every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, I do a Facebook devotional at 6 in the morning. So this was day 1057. It started out as a 90-day journey, and the people kept saying, what are we going to do on day 91? I said, I figured you would have had it by now. But, <laughs> so 1057 days in, I don't think they got it yet. So, but, uh, uh, so, but that's what we do. So I told them, I said, as soon as I get done, I'm going to shoot, shoot on over and be a part of what's going on. And so I want to jump in, and I just want, I believe, as uh, uh, my Brother Marcus was saying, that God has something to say to us. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. So let me pray real quick. Father God, we thank you, and God, we love you. God, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this moment. God, we thank you for men. Men coming together, God, that this could be our literal cave where we could come in, God. We might have different issues, things going on, but we guarantee you this, that, God, we're going to come out better than we came in. And so, God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, David, I asked myself the question. I said, how do you wrap up a whole year of studying the book of Ecclesiastes? You know, I was here for the first one when Lou Holtz was here. I'm like, ah, uh, how, they got me at the end. Lou Holtz started out. Then, the, then they had Joe Hunter. They had all these other people. They, they had Greg and all these other people speaking. And then they got this guy coming in to bring it in. And then Ryan scares the bejesus out of me. He said, you get to put the bow on it because you're the last one. So how do you come and how you close out of your study that had all these great teachers and preachers? So I'm not sure how well this is going to go. I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm, I'm a PK. My dad pastored the same church for 40 years. I, uh, he didn't tell you, but you know, I was teaching an adult Sunday school class when I was 12 years old. And so I'm going to try to do the best I can with what I know. Is that all right? Because yes, I believe that God wants us as men to grasp the lessons that have been going on and to be better at living with our focus on him in this season. I believe that God wants men to take from this year-long journey the message that I want all of you. And I know y'all don't normally talk to each other on these days, but do y'all do me a favor. Just look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God wants all of you. I want you to grab that because that's important. He, he wants to have your whole heart, your whole heart. 
So let me read a couple of verses from the scriptures in Ecclesiastes 12, and let's see if we can make this live in our lives this morning. I'm going to read verse 8, then I'm going to read verses 13 and 14. I'm going to try to bring it all together. Uh, it says, vanity of vanities in the King James Version, says the preacher, all is vanity. Then it drops down and says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work unto judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. I'm going to read those same verses out of the New Living Translation. I'm a simple guy from Indiana, so I like it in a simple fashion. It says, verse 8, everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. So the first thing we got to establish this morning, my brothers, is this. Do we want a life, our lives to be meaningful or meaningless? Uh, let me roll it back. Let me say it real slow. I know it's still early. Do, do we want our lives to be meaningful or meaningful or meaningless? Or are we satisfied with our lives? Are we going to be satisfied with our lives being productive or non-productive? Let me help you a little bit more. Meaningful or, or having something that's meaning means having a serious, important, or useful quality of purpose. Which means we exist for a reason and for a purpose. That means when you get up every day, you got a reason to get up because you're here for a reason and a purpose. You know, and I, I like to encourage myself every morning because just in case, Tom, nobody does it, I look in the mirror every day and say, boy, you sure got it going on. Right? <laughs> Why? Because I encourage myself because I know I have a reason to be here during this season of my life. So understand, the text is telling us that if our focus and our priorities are misdirected and we don't prioritize life properly, our lives will not have a useful quality or purpose to it. Meaning I'm existing here for nothing. That means you can live many years and literally waste your time being on earth. Wow. Because when all this is done, when all this is done, we don't just want to achieve success. It's all right to have success, but that's not all I want to achieve. I believe we should all want to achieve significance in life. Get this, understand it. Significance deals with legacy. Success is fleeting. Success is great, but it's easily forgotten. Look, I can't hardly remember what I did yesterday. So success is easily forgotten. Significant lives on long after we've gone on, and I believe we should all want to leave a mark on the world that cannot be erased. So the text in Ecclesiastes 12 give us several what I call men principles for significance this morning. <clears throat> when you look at verse 1, verse 1 teaches us that we must learn how to enjoy the moment. Say that with me. Say, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. No, say it like you really want to do it. Say, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. 
it, it, it says, verse 1 says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say life is not pleasant anymore. Men, brothers, sometimes we, we get so busy looking for and trying to be successful, we forget how to enjoy the moment. Uh-huh. I, I know it's not just me. We, we, we forget, y'all, how to enjoy our families because we're, we, we're seeking and searching for success. We, we forget how to enjoy our children. And can I tell you, uh, our children come, but they leave fast. They grow up fast. And, and, and so you got to learn how to enjoy the moments without your shoot. We forget how to enjoy our friends. When was the last time you just took time to enjoy being around friends and family and your children? You know, one of the greatest things that happened to me the other day, me and my son, who is now 38 years old, watch this. He we went to the tragic game, I mean the magic game. <laughs> but just, just to sit there with my son and laugh and joke and talk at the game, right? The magic didn't win because I didn't think they would. <laughs> but it was good just to be, you know, being at the game with my son was priceless. Does that make sense? Yeah. To enjoy the moment with him. Here's the challenge in the text. It says, don't let the excitement of your youth or the things that you are striving for cause you to lose focus on what's important. So the first principle we must learn is to enjoy the moment. Say it again. Say enjoy the moment. Enjoy the, moment. the second thing or the second principle that we must learn is to take time to remember. Take time to reflect because there will come a time when you can't remember. Okay, don't y'all act like that with me. There'll come a time when you can't remember. And I think it's important, verses 2 through 6 all start out with remember. It starts out, remember, reflect. Take moments just to reflect on what God is doing, what God has done, and how God has done things in our lives. We got, it's the end of the year. Every year at the end of the year, going into a new year, you ought to take time to reflect. <coughs> I started out with so many things that I wanted to accomplish, and I haven't gotten through all of them, but I'm reflecting on what God has allowed me to get through, right? And, and guess what? Because... I, I feel I'm going to still be here next year. Some of them don't that roll into next year. Why? Because it wasn't meant to be done this year. It wasn't on the top of the priority list. Are y'all listening to me? We got to take time to remember. Verse 2, uh, uh, two through 6 all start with remember. Verse 2 says, will tell us, remember. You got to, verse 2 says, remember, because there's coming a time when we will have more dark days than bright days. The text says, remember him before the light of the sun Moon and stars is dim to your old eyes and rain clouds continually darken your sky. I got to take time to remember what things are like right now while everything is working well in my life. Are you listening to me? Verse three tells us that we must remember him while we still have strength. It says, remember him before uh, your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble. 
my brother was in the back. He said, he said, they said, have a seat. He said, no, you don't want me to sit down because it's going to take me too long to get back up. <laughs> what, what, it, it, that's important because watch this. We can't do what we used to do. Uh, okay, he says. He says you got to remember. Some of y'all say, you, 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 "Look, you ain't even got to agree with me. All I got to do is look at you." <laughs> All I got to do is look at you. We can't do. I can't do the stuff I used to do. My daddy was to tell me all the time. He say, "Son," he said, "I'm gonna tell you something." He said, "Don't you ever forget it." He said, "Keep on living." He said, "Age got something for you." He said, "And it's undefeated." Yeah, look at y'all. Y'all like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not winning this age thing. I want you to know that. Watch this. He said, remember him before your legs. The guards of your house start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men begin to stoop over. Remember him before your teeth. Your few remain in the service. That's the only thing working. And you ain't got as many as you used to have. You know, sometimes we used to smile. We had 32s. Now we got 16s. Yeah. He says, before your eyes, the women looking through the window see dimly. Verse four then says, remember him. So we got to remember him while we can still take advantage of our God given opportunities. It says, remember him before the door to life opportunities is closed and the sounds of work fades. Now you rise at the first of the chirping birds. But then all their sounds began to grow faint. Used to move early in the morning, used to get it done, making things happen. He says, you got to remember him while the door to life opportunity, before the door to life opportunity closes. Don't put God on the back burner. He said, put me up front. So you could take advantage of the opportunities I want to give you now. Because so many times we're so busy trying to get and attain stuff that we put God's stuff to the back. And you say, later on, I'm going to get to it. So once again, don't, 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 don't wait until you get old to make God a priority. But God says, make me the priority now. Somebody say now. now. Because if you wait, you may want, you, 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 because when you wait, you may want to make the move on it, but now you can't because you don't have what it takes to make that move. And then verses five and six tells us, remember him while everything is still, work, still in working order. You got to remember him while everything is still in working order. That means, y'all, that there's coming a time when stuff won't work like it used to work. Some of y'all are catching next week, but I, <laughs> stuff ain't gonna work like it used to work. Verse five and six says, remember him before you become fearful of falling and you're worried about danger in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper. And the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire, meaning the Viagra won't work. <laughs> Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your creator now while you're young, 
before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. It's a sad commentary to be at a place where you could get what you need, but you don't have what it takes to get it. Y'all just missed it. He says the pulley, you at the well, there's water in it, but, you, but you're broken down. You can't even function right to get what's in the well. He says, remember your creator in your youth. But here it is. Verse 13 and 14 gives us the final keys. I'm trying to be good. I'm not, I'm not going to be a Baptist preacher today and have seven closings. <laughs> Verses 13 and 14 gives the final keys for significant when it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Fear God, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Meaning this, if I won't get this, y'all, if I want a life worth living, my first priority in life will always be that I fear God and keep his commandments. My first priority would be that I fear God and I keep his commandments. Understand, the word fear means to stand in awe of. It means to what? Stand in awe of. It means to have a reverence for. It means to honor and to respect. So let me help us here. We will never make God our priority or keep his principles when we do not have a reverential fear for who he is. And that's why the writer keeps on telling us, remember him, your creator. Always have an awe of God. David would say it like this in Psalm 33 and 8. He says, I stand in awe of him. He says, I can't even find the right words to express how I really feel about God. I'm just in awe of God. When was the last time you got into the place that God, I'm just in awe of you? And you can say like Paul and say, it's in him. I live, I move, I, I would not be without you. I reverence you, I honor you, I respect you. Watch this, because that controls how I think, that controls what I will do. So, so we will never keep it if we don't have an awe of him. He says, the conclusion of the matter, the conclusion of the matter, he says, what's going to bring it all together is this. He says, fear God. And he said, if you do that, the B clause of verse 13 is easy to do. Keep his commandments. The word keep means to guard. It means to observe. It means, it means to heed. Uh, uh, commandments means precepts. And here's what I really liked about it. It means principles for productive living. See, because we look at words like commandments sometimes, it look like they, they're boxing me in. They, they, you know, I, I got these rules and regulations. Y'all ain't saying nothing now. Uh, it's like being in the military. It's called the Uniform Code of Military Justice. I got rules that I got to operate. But really, the commandments are principles for productive living. He said, if you can live within these, this scope, he said, your life is going to be productive. Watch this. 
That means the commandments are not there to be grievous, but they are there to help us live fruitful lives that when judged or tested, they will pass the test of life. Because he tells us this in verse 14, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Get this, and I'm done. That means God doesn't judge us based on how many businesses we have. He doesn't judge us based on how much money we have. He doesn't judge us based on how many degrees we have. God doesn't judge us based on what community we come from or what community we live in now. God doesn't judge us whether we're in the White House or an outhouse. God looks at did we fear him and did we keep his commandments? He looks at us and said, did you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? He looks at did we love on our families as he wants us to? God doesn't look at our stuff. But what he does do is he checks to see, did we follow the commandments, which are simply principles for productive living? So my brothers, if we get this, David, we all can hear those words. Well done. Thou good and faithful service. And I don't know about y'all. That's what I long to hear. You, you know, people ask me all the time, they say, I, 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 are you ready to die? Yeah, I'm ready, but since he ain't calling me, I'm not running into nothing. <laughs> but I long to hear those words, well done, Amen. thou good and faithful servants. You, you kept me as a priority. You, you lived this thing out. You was light in a dark world. You was salt and seasoned into a world that needed help. You lived out the principles for productive living. And so your very theme about who you are, I think it was one of the greatest things that it had to be God. I, you know, I don't think David's smart enough to say do Ecclesiastes for a whole year. <laughs> it had to be God that put you on this track so that you could figure out, am I going to have a life that's meaningful why am I just going to be here doing meaningless things, wasting time? And I'm at a stage in my life, Pastor Mark, where every ship has to sail. Every ship has to sail. And many times we hear the story of Jehoshaphat, and we hear the story of them talking about how Jehoshaphat uh, fought, and they won. You know, he sent Judah first, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. And, that, and, and, and the ambushment that took place. But we missed the part at the end of that same chapter where Jehoshaphat did some things without seeking God. He got caught up in an unsanctioned alliance. And here's what happened. They built ships. And the Bible says that God destroyed the ships. You know what? I know how to deal with enemies. I know how to deal. 
But what do you do when God tearing your stuff up? <laughs> how, how do you handle it when God say, I didn't tell you to do that. I'm destroying that. So when it's meaningless, it's mean it's wasted. I don't have time to waste. Time is short. I know we think we're going to be here forever, but time is short. And we got to make the most of every bit of time that we have. Gentlemen, I want to challenge you today. Make God your priority. So you can hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's my time. I thank you for yours.